0: It's March 20th, 2015, and you're listening to episode two of Roll Up and Die. Okay, now, Alex, go ahead yes. and clap your hands in front of your microphone. Okay.
1: Jesus. That sounded <laughs> like a punch
0: it sounded like you punched a guy
2: <laughs> it
3: was like, a, like an Indiana Jones that punch oh, oh you didn't
0: say
1: punch a guy Sorry I, I
0: misunderstood
3: <laughs> To Captain Gathnock <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, Sorry son
0: One does not merely clap in front of a microphone uh, Jenny do me a favor And I want yeah. you to pick some words For Matt and Alex to guess
3: uh, Okay right First word okay Well it's actually two words with a hyphen in the middle argy bargy
0: <laughs> I'm out you have to guess you have to guess it's a character in a comic strip yeah.
3: uh, no
2: <laughs> no RG bargy is a a type of uh public transit no
1: no uh, I'll say that it's something that's been kind of thrown together uh out of what you have at hand maybe
3: Ooh, that's very close actually that's a good guess what? can I guess that's again very really quick that's close Yes.
0: An erection when you're wearing sweatpants. (laughs) No,
3: no, sorry. An an argy-bargy is like a noisy uh, disagreement or dispute. Oh, that's an adorable name So they're having having an (laughs) argy-bargy.
2: What's going on with their neighbors? They're having a bit of an argy-bargy out there. Uh (laughs) In America, we call that a divorce. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> That's called a domestic disturbance. Uh,
3: yeah, we we don't really use argy bargy anymore. Hence why. No. Okay, oh, it's Barker, a shame.
2: It's a good it's a good word.
3: Barker knows this one, but I find this one hilarious. Suspenders. Wait,
2: do they? They're mean not what you different?
3: think. Yes, they're not what oh. you think. Oh,
2: um,
1: like a garter belt? I think yeah, that was.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. yes. Yeah, it's it's a garter belt to hold up to hold up uh, like
2: stockings on his leg. Hold
3: up, yeah, hold up tights and oh, stockings. Yes. Yeah.
2: Okay, so it's like the... Okay, I get it. (laughs) Okay, I have
0: one for you, Jenny.
3: Yeah, yeah, go on.
2: What
0: is a collect call? A
3: collect call?
0: Yes. Mm
3: -hmm. Is it like this now where we have like a group call going on?
0: That's a really good guess.
2: That's a good guess.
0: No, it's not.
3: I don't know then. What else could it be?
0: According to this website, you would call (laughs) it a reverse charge.
3: Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> explain <laughs> so a, a collect
2: call it's not something that really happens anymore but it was a way for you to use payphones without putting money into them because it charges the person oh that, you that call. kind
3: of reverse charge yeah. okay so I, I, if, that is if, so obscure
2: yeah if someone them. answers the phone it says like you have a collect call from Johnny uh, and then would you like to accept the charges uh, or whatever
1: I still have Great. a landlord and I still get those calls I'll have you know do you want to do one more Jenny
3: yeah, I'll do one more. Okay, and again, I've already done this one with bark. But this is a good one. An aubergine.
0: Yeah, I've already forgotten what it meant. So, oh. um,
3: <laughs>
0: an aubergine is a.
3: Ooh.
2: Yeah, you got me on that one. Is I'm it gonna. S- is it spelled aubergine? Yes. Okay.
3: So I'm. Um, yeah, you, you guys say aubergine.
2: Uh, can we do like a tw- like a twenty questions type thing?
3: Okay, go on.
2: <laughs> is it a, is it a type of food? Yes oh shit okay my gut was telling me it was food okay is it a type of drink
3: no damn it unless it's in a smoothie
2: oh uh, is it like a yogurt no I'm trying to think of what else could go on a smoothie
3: well well you, you well. could technically oh i don't know if people want to <clears throat>
2: Like I could put I could put my this note card in a smoothie. It would technically be in there, but <laughs>
3: well, okay, lot, so okay, it's but edible. It is food. And you, yeah, you could put it in a smoothie. I've never heard of it being part of a smoothie before, but I'm sure it's possible.
2: Is it a type of protein? Is it a meat? Nope. <laughs> A meat meat in a smoothie, dude. You know what, Matt's dude? A technically, bro. technically, <laughs> Do you even lift? Like <laughs> a smoothie? I steak smoothies all day after I lift, bro. <laughs> oh man, Gross. steak smoothies. I actually, I actually, did have a steak for dinner, but that's beside the point. I had it solid, solid version of a steak, not a not a smoothie steak. How so. many
0: grams of protein in that, bro? Uh,
2: probably like forty. I don't know. Uh, so okay, so aubergine. It's it's a it's a whole food.
3: Well, yeah, it's a, it's a healthy food. We wouldn't call it a whole food. It's really.
2: a healthy food. Is it like yeah. a like a granola or a like? A,
3: nope, you are going all way out.
2: Can I God, give him a hint? Because I worker Alex, help me, man. A banana. I'm di- I'm, f- I'm floundering. No. It ends with good plant, and it starts with <laughs> eh. Uh chicken parmesan no it's
3: i had tea in my mouth when you said Uh, that
2: i learned something very valuable today and that is that eggplant is called aubergine in the uk so i i feel like i've gotten my money's worth
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) all right happy friday gamers welcome to roll up and die your pretty reasonable rpg podcast my (laughs) name is barker uh
2: my name is Matt from a fistful of dice
0: my name is alex
3: And my name is Jenny, a.k.a. The Road DM.
0: Yes, we have our first guest host. Uh, Jenny
2: is uh, here. Uh, Well, not literally. Uh, No, that would be
3: an expensive podcast.
2: We're putting in the expense that is necessary to make this the highest quality RPG podcast in the world, so. Absolutely. We fly fly people in to host. It's not truly definitive. Barker and I road trip to Maine and uh, record this in Alex's yurt uh, every week, so. Once a week.
0: Yep. Yep. And hopefully you're hearing the sound quality difference between this and the last episode, so. Uh, Jenny, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, about your channel, about what you do.
3: Oh, well, I'm a rather eccentric English person who uh, is also a musician and an RPG fanatic, I also have an RPG channel as some of you will have seen already. Um, I don't really tend to focus on one specific RPG, I do touch on Dungeons and Dragons from time to time but my favourite systems certainly at the moment are Corporation which is kind of like Shadowrun but without all the character creation rubbish you have to go through. Uh, fate I'm very much into at the moment I also enjoy advanced fighting fantasy uh, which is also a very English uh, system I also bought myself a Conan book recently which is quite nice yeah. um, although I have yet to get into that properly and I'm hoping to do a lot more games at the expo and and also with you guys one reason why I have a channel
2: what version is the Conan RPG that you have?
3: Uh, I believe it's the first edition
2: Okay, I've got an OGL D20 Conan RPG. That's the only one that I own, but I guess yeah, that's, there's that's a, the there's one. a new there's a new one coming out that I'm fairly excited Ooh. about. That looks really cool, so.
3: Some thing called Kickstarter?
2: Yeah, some some little website called Kickstarter is uh Doesn't is it doesn't gonna look like
3: it's going to go very far, really.
2: No, I don't I don't think so. I think
0: because of this new Conan game, uh Kickstarter's really just going to take off. You think so? I you know
2: what? I'd put my money on it. Speaking, oh. speaking of speaking Kickstarter before before we roll into our uh, into our topic. Can we talk about exploding cats or exploding kittens for a second? That card game on Kickstarter that made like $12 billion in a half hour. It's like the mm. most, most kickstarted game in the history of Kickstarter games. Wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. I, I, I guess I don't follow Kickstarter very well. I've never I, even I, heard I, missed, I missed that one entirely.
2: It's like a, it's a very simple card game that almost has like a rock, paper, scissors uh, type mechanic to it. But um, it, it just, it caught, it caught steam and just kept going. And it made its goal in like the first couple hours being online. And then so the next 30 days of, of fundraising was just icing on the cake. Stretch goals. Yeah, stretch goals and stuff. So uh, it's it's cool seeing stuff like that happen uh, just because I, I do feel like Kickstarter, though, a little bit flawed sometimes, is kind of the next where, where industries like that are going, where it's... Cutting out the middleman and it's directly you're directly funding the projects that you want to have in your hands, basically.
1: Yeah, sure. The fans get to support what they want to see rather than just getting it, you know, handed to them by big uh, production companies and exactly and having no alternative. Yeah,
2: yeah. And it's you know it does suck sometimes having to wait. You know, I I uh, kickstarted Call of Cthulhu Seventh Edition like two years ago, and I, I don't have the book yet, but it feels worthwhile to be able to support companies like that and um and actually have a hand in the development and the t- and the playtesting and stuff like
0: that there's a, a something that you supported you kickstarted a while back Matt called the storytellers yeah. thesaurus yes God I wish I kickstarted that
2: yeah it's a pretty cool book I've used it quite a bit actually more than I thought I was going to I kickstarted it because um, it was a uh, Channa publishing which are the guys behind uh castles and Crusades which is an RPG that I enjoy and so hmm. I thought I'd support them and get a cool book on my shelf and uh, I've ended up uh, using it quite a bit so it's a it's very good for world building and session prep and just kind of writing in general uh so we do have a topic today.
0: Oh, we do? Yeah, I Ta-da! know. We do. We actually have a, <laughs> uh, a topic related to RPGs, not Kickstarter, uh, linguistics, or Hot and Readys.
2: Oh. Uh, I feel like that's a, that's a long time into the podcast to just now be mentioning Hot and Readys, Barker. Yeah. Should have probably, probably said it sooner. Really. Well, you
0: know what? Then, Matt, you are going to introduce the, uh, the topic of the day. Oh,
2: okay. Ooh. Great. Great. Well, the topic uh, for today is not, in fact, Hot and Readys, it is death in RPGs. Uh, We're going to be talking about how death is handled in different role-playing games and different systems, and and within our own, uh, you know, game mastering style and and playing style. Talking about you know the lethality of different games, and um, we're going to talk about some memorable character deaths. How to make deaths more exciting and 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 stick out more for your players, um, and then also talking about um, you know bringing a character back from death. Talking about resurrection, reincarnation, and stuff like that. So
0: yuck. You, <laughs>
2: We'll was get that why, yuck have, to have, the concept of you... death or yuck to my intro no
0: it was the concept of resurrection but we'll get to that in a little
2: bit oh okay gotcha
3: why have you been through it before barker
2: it's terrible it's painful as hell yeah barker's actually liam neeson from uh from dead man so
3: <gasps> really yeah. hey guys yep. guess
2: what
0: i've never seen that movie
2: oh my god <laughs> barker.
0: okay so my question is and you know what we're gonna shoot it over to our guest jenny
2: oh of course
0: How many players, no, hold on How many characters have you killed? (laughs) Let's make the distinction
1: (laughs) A a very important distinction
3: Uh, Right, well, if you're not counting um, campaigns that have fizzled out or just stopped abruptly um, then only one of my characters has ever died But basically, it was a very anticlimactic death. It was very unfair. It was very unjust. I did not feel like my character died in a dramatic way or anything like that. It was based off an NPC, it just so happened, and also some really shitty die rolls. Ouch. So so what happened was uh, our party was heading through a dungeon, and I was playing a halfling rogue. Uh, This was like my second character ever as well. And uh, there was an orc NPC that was escorting us through as like our guide, basically. And we came to a pit. The NPC orc suggested that he tosses me over. You can see where this is going to go. The roll fails, so I land in this pit... Um, I take a huge amount of damage and then the DM decides conveniently to let it rip and bring some skeletons up through the ground and uh, of course rogues and skeletons don't go together very well the other characters don't get down in time and they clobber me to death with their clubs
2: beautiful and it's funny that you mentioned that too because my first ever D character died he was a rogue and a skeleton killed him so that seems to be a trend i think
3: hey high five
2: yeah internet high five <laughs> i think i missed <laughs> that was one of those cheap fives where it like hits the
0: butt of the hand a little bit and yeah. you gotta redo it if you're a guy <laughs> hold on let's go back let's redcon
2: that high five let's redo <laughs> that high five <laughs> But you felt you felt kind of cheated out of that so what what makes a death fair to you then Jenny like if you if you if you, this rogue had died in a different way what would be a way for the character to die in a way that made you feel satisfied like it was it was a good thing
3: well certainly i would have some part in how they died rather than just the dice saying oh you rolled a one or something like that um it would have to be part of the story there would need to be a reason behind it it wouldn't just be something trivial like i defeated all these bandits in a cave and saved the village but then whoops i fell down a ravine a bit further away from the village you know, something like that.
0: Right. Okay. See, and I, I'm the same way. You know, I have no problem if my character dies. I have no problem if it's the dice that decide that, oh, my character's dead. In fact, I've been known to kill my own characters, but I have a problem when a roof collapse death. What I mean is, oh, sorry, the roof collapsed, your character's dead, roll up a new one. Character death, in my opinion, is the best aspect of fiction um, in every single movie and book that I love. A prime example of why I love it is because of a death that happens in it. And I want my characters to die in that way. I'm talking about Boromir in The Lord of the Rings. I'm talking about yeah. Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi. Like, that is what I feel like my character's death should be.
2: Well, I had a very interesting experience a few weeks ago. A longtime Pathfinder character of mine, uh, Krith, oh. met his end and uh, it was a very anticlimactic end. He had survived all of these all of these ordeals. His his hometown had been sacked, and he had you know sort of escaped and built himself up as this hero. And he was coming back to try and save his town. And he ended up taking an ax to the face from a random bandit on a side mission. It wasn't even part of the main main story of the game. And uh, it just, you know, like you were saying, Jenny, it was just unlucky die rolls. I I, I couldn't get out of combat with this bandit. And the, the DM who was rolling out in the open, to his credit, got a couple crits against me. And so the dice fell where they did, but... Out of that kind of anticlimactic and sort of underwhelming death, the rest of the party has made it their mission to try and resurrect me. We're aware of a genie uh, somewhere in the world that we're playing in. And so the quest has sort of become, we got to get to this genie so we can wish Krith back. And so out of that underwhelming death, some good character motivation has grown. So I really do think that death, unsatisfactory death, is kind of what you make it.
0: Well, and here's the thing is what you mentioned is, you know, what all three of us have mentioned is that die rolls killing characters. And that has so much to do with the game system. I mean, if we're talking D&D, it's a balance between not wanting to kill all your characters. You want to keep them alive, but you want to keep lethality a real thing in your game. Yeah. So Alex, you are a Call of Cthulhu guru in my eyes. (laughs) So
1: what's the difference between (laughs) a game like D&D and a game like Cthulhu. Well, one of the big things, I think, is that uh, the GM has some has some control over how lethal you make a game, kind of regardless of the mechanics. You know, like, in, in a fantasy setting it's really easy because you can put in things like healing potions. In a sci-fi setting, it's pretty easy because you can put in some, you know, some new um, medicine or tech that can help, you know, uh, stave off the Grim Reaper for a while. But in a modern, you know, setting that is pretty much what we have now, you know, if you take a bullet to the chest, you know, there's there are very few options, you know, especially if you're playing, you know, authentic 1920s a uh, 1920s setting. So the setting itself is is inherently difficult to allow for any kind of uh, death avoidance. And of course, you know, the kind of things that the characters are going up against in a setting like Call of Cthulhu are are really outside the realm of what they're accustomed to dealing with. Even even soldiers who've gone to war. You know that they expect people to be shooting at them or you know coming at them with sharp objects not some you know tentacled horror coming out of a closet and devouring Mm -hmm. their companions
2: yeah and i think you know that one of the big differences in Call of Cthulhu too is like like you're saying, Alex. Like these are for the most part, they're they're normal people. Um, you know, you you can grow to be capable of magic and things like that in Call of Cthulhu, but for the most part, you're just squishy normal people. And 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 in fact, a lot of Call of Cthulhu characters are are not even physically adept. They're they're academics. You know, they're yeah. professors and doctors and 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 archaeologists and things like that. And so I think that. Call of Cthulhu is one of those systems where lethality, it it just comes hand in hand with it, you know, and and beyond that, even if your character doesn't die, if they live long enough, chances are they're going to lose their mind because there's only so much one one person can take.
0: So if I sit down at a Call of Cthulhu game that Alex, you're running or Matt, you're running or Jenny, have you run a Call of Cthulhu
3: game? I have not, although I'm going to be running a Shadows of Estran campaign very soon, which has a kind of Cthulhu vibe about it.
0: Cool. Absolutely. Awesome. So if I'm sitting down at, you know, any one of your tables and we're playing D&D, there's a chance I might get upset about my character dying. Because, you know, that's all I brought to the table. That's the thing that I'm connected with. If I sit down at a Call of Cthulhu game, would I be ridiculous
1: for being upset at my character dying? I think it's... it's, uh, a demonstration of, of the player's immersion if they're upset at their character dying. If you're invested in your character, then you kind of should be at least bothered by the fact that your character died somehow. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be devastated by it, but you want the motivation to want to keep them alive. And, you know, to have that level of immersion where you're are where you're invested in their well-being I think that's important, and you can have that in Call of Cthulhu. It's a little; it can be a little harder sometimes. But Call of Cthulhu has that sort of stigma of, well, you're just going to die or go insane anyway. So, <laughs> you know, why get yeah, invested? Yeah.
2: Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I have a I just wrapped up a Call of Cthulhu campaign, and I had a guy in my campaign, my buddy Chad, who was th- the best Call of Cthulhu player because he did everything I wanted him to do. He it was i was like i put this this horrible book bound in human skin in front of the players and chad's like i'll I open it up and read it it's like thank you chad thank you because everyone else is going no i'm not picking that up and it is a miracle that chad's character survived for like eight sessions in this campaign and and it was relatively sane by the end of it i have no idea how he lucked out like that because he just stuck his hand in every you know every like horrible black hole and and you know, put his face in every horrible book and scroll I put in front of him. So,
3: well, it's it's good to it's good to get into things like that, even though you know there's a potential you're going to die. Just like with the D and D campaign, for example, I'm sure there are more uh, horrific elements that are brought into the table every so often. I know, I know I like to do that in a fantasy setting. Maybe make it a bit more horror esque from time to time. I don't know if you guys do that. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I I do from from time to time, and I also think. You know, going along that same line, players just being willing to put their characters in harm's way um, mm,
3: exactly. is,
2: is kind of fun. It's, uh, you know, I enjoy doing that. If I if my character's down to two hit points, am I going to disengage and take a health potion or cast healing on myself? Or am I going to try and jump onto the enemy and stab him in the back of my yeah. sword? I'm probably going to do the latter because it feels more awesome to me. And if my character dies, and at least they went out swinging. You know what I mean?
1: But I had a great situation recently in uh, my northern campaign, which unfortunately I don't you know, video much anymore. One of the characters died, but they used uh, revivify, which, you know, if it's used in the first minute, they can bring you back. It's sort of like a magical CPR sort of spell. But he's he's in a situation now where he's completely out of touch with his with his deity, and so he can't get in contact with them. And so he realized that if he actually dies here, his, his soul is lost. So um, what he did as a, as a player uh, is he made his character... Go, in, go kind of go insane, lose sanity because of it. Now there's no mechanic for that in in D and D, but he he just decided that he was going to have his character deeply disturbed by this, and so it, it led to a really cool session that we actually did uh, broadcast, where all the other all the other characters got together and and used uh, telepathy to go into his mind and and sort of bring him back from you know from the brink of of uh, his insanity and 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 you know hopefully retrieve him. That's so awesome. It was. It was, it was, it was really it was, cool, really, and it was. And it was all essentially player driven. So I, I love when when players take the initiative and kind of do just great things like that.
0: Absolutely. That's awesome. And, and you know, to me, that's like playing in a game like that would be. I'd be psyched to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. So, so you're, you you described that player as knowing that they could die in this game.
1: Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's really ramped up the threat level now because now they know that there's there's even a greater threat than they previously thought being here. Now now it's it's extremely
2: lethal to them and they know it. That's a really awesome way of uh, sort of illustrating to your players how how dire the situation is. So. And that makes a game exciting like that. Mm.
0: The ability exactly. to take that's a perfect example of. Death just being shown to the players. Not you know you're not killing your players yet. You're just you're just showing them that hey you can die here, and that like you said it ups it, it it ups up um, <laughs> <laughs> take
3: three
0: it ramps up <laughs> it ramps up the tension level in the game, and that makes the game more fun. So without killing somebody or with killing somebody, how can uh, death lethality in your game make your game more exciting for your players
3: well i think i think the thing you need to be aware of is if you if you like you were kind of saying that if you if you show it too much like if if someone was always threatening somebody with death it may just become like a very commonplace everyday thing and you're like okay well you know that's not it's not particularly important to me anymore but yeah like you said if you ramp something up slowly with regards to say how many people die if someone gets very close to death but they survive or perhaps somebody survives death but the rest of their companions do not then that's also quite a big thing mm. and uh, going back to Shazvestran quite quickly um, I read somewhere in basically the GM's guide that it's good for you to make each encounter with the faeond who are these terrifying shadowy creatures um incredibly special moments so they're not always there all the time they're quite uh, sparse actually but when they do appear by god they're terrifying and you will remember that for the rest of your life
2: yeah that's like the like the white walkers or the uh the others in mm, exactly and, um, in uh the song of ice and fire because you know people complain like why aren't the white walkers in it more and it's because that you know the three or four times that they've shown up in the show you sit up and you watch you Mm. you you are instantly uh grabbed by that because you know what they're capable of and you've seen the the kind of death and destruction that they can that they can wreak but they're used so sparsely that they're kind of special that way and i think um you know, that applies to to villains in your game and also to, I mean, seeing death. If you if you're playing a campaign and there's, you know, NPCs dying left and right and it's just thousands of people dying every every session or something, you know, it, it, it loses its meaning. It loses its weight. But if you go five sessions and a beloved NPC, you see him die or, um, you know, someone in the party even dies. It it's really grabbing, you know.
3: I know this may sound really horrible, but I'm very much a person that as a GM likes to give players something and then they get used to this and then you take it away.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a classic uh, GM tool. You
0: got to be careful with that though because if you like let's say they get really close to the tavern owner. Oh, I love this new tavern owner. Oh, it's session 3. He's just the funniest. He's just the best and then you kill him. And good luck trying to get them to, you know, warm up to another NPC. If you keep doing it, you know, after a while, I mean, that's kind of a way to make your game less exciting using
1: death, right? Well, yeah, it can definitely be overused. I mean, if it's always just, you know, you're on the brink of death every session, they're just going to get worn out on it and, and burned out. Yeah. And, mm. and just, it's just going to be depressing to play. You, you know, you, don't want it, you want it to be lethal. You want it to be, you want there to be risk but you don't want it to be depressing you don't want them to sit in there like, oh god let's, let's see if we make sure. let's try and make sure we don't die this time you know and, and it yeah. just it, it just gets gets to be too much
2: well then so let me let me put something forward here then and that is the idea that you know death is not the only horrible outcome that can befall your players i know you know death seems so absolute and final and it is a scary prospect but i like the idea of characters getting scars losing limbs losing an eye yeah. ha-
0: having blue beards
2: mm. having blue beards um, <laughs> yes. but you know the uh, the the idea that if a character if a character gets a particular critical hit or if they if they drop to zero hit points but get back up you know that they don't walk away unharmed from that Um, And it affects them from a role play standpoint and also in some cases from a mechanical standpoint. You know, I've played characters before that, um, you know, may might take a wound in their leg and and end up losing five feet of movement per round. You know, it's it's a very tangible thing that you that you also have to role play around. So, like, what have you guys used in your games that is Mm -hmm. similar to that? That is sort of an alternative to death for the players that is uh, that is, you know, conceivably Uh, just as, as scary.
1: I'm a big fan of lingering effects like that. And uh, actually, in in just the last session of the Nobrek campaign, they were confronted by a white dragon, and uh, the paladin was, was knocked down to zero and, and was making death saves. And so I wanted there to be repercussions from that. And so when they got back you know when they got back to uh, someplace warm and they're they're you know they're taking off their armor and I said you know your hand still hurts and you're looking at it and you see that your 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 small finger is black you know he had severe frostbite from the encounter so they uh the they they had to have a farmer and his and his son essentially cut his finger off oh, to prevent man. to prevent, wow. you know, losing losing the whole hand right. and so you know we act out and he they, they they were they were ready with a uh, you know, a red hot poker to, to ah. cauterize it And yeah, it was it was a great scene The best part about that is like You
0: don't even need a stat drop For no. the character Definitely not, no Exactly Just role playing it out That's enough, Yeah. Man. Jeez, that's really good
3: That nearly happened to one of my characters Luckily it didn't Um But in uh, Red Dash Diaries' J-Punk game uh, Because it's Fate uh, there's a lot about this whole um, lethality, and there are only so many stress levels you can take before you start taking moderate and severe wounds type thing. Right. My character has been stabbed several times now. Uh, he's had his throat crushed slash strangled quite a lot. Um, <laughs> he he was he was bitten by this um, kind of blue jade ridden vampire, which basically inflicts uh, the character uh, with uh, some uh, weird uh, hallucinogenic. Hallucinations every so often.
0: That sounds like the day in the life of a D&D character right there. Yeah.
2: Really. Basically. <laughs> um, yeah, business as usual. Whatever.
3: But uh, but one of the other characters, when he discovered that uh, my character was bitten, he wanted to completely amputate my character's leg. <laughs>
2: um,
3: much to my character's shock, of course. But uh, Yeah, ju- and there were no stats at all in this. I don't see the point in them. There's so much more scope when you actually just act it out and, and right. just... Play it out in a story. Uh, I like um, wh- when my throat was crushing because because a god uh, stamped on it. I just decided to make my throat really husky for the rest of the session, and everyone was <laughs> like, "Oh, that was really cool what you did there." But yeah. it kind of uh-huh. came on naturally.
0: See, and that that brings me back to the the conversation about uh, lethality being different in different systems because you know every single opinion that we can say all day throughout this podcast changes if you specifically focus on one system. If you say Call of Cthulhu, what's your opinion on lethality? You know, I personally, based on what I've heard about it, I say, well, it's necessary. You know, it is what it is, and I wouldn't be too, you know, wrapped up if my character got whacked in the game of Cthulhu. If on the other hand, you know, Matt, you brought this up, Fate, that's a game where in the core rulebook, you know, it's it's entirely possible according to the system to not die. So, yeah. How did John Large from the Red Dice Diaries, his YouTube mm-hmm. channel, uh, how did he incorporate lethality into a game that it's very
1: easy to have none? I, I, can, th- I can throw in a little bit. I, I've, I've played Fate and, and, and I've run some and, and uh, you know played in them. And the great thing about a game like Fate is, is it's all player driven. So you know the player kind of gets a uh, hand in you know what the consequences are going to be. I, I I ran a great Western uh, fate game called The Dirty Bastards a while back, and w- one of the characters uh, he was su- he was suffering from uh, uh, something to do with the lungs. He, he uh, what's what's that what's that lung disease that they uh, the, tuberculosis the, the, tuberculosis yeah. So he was suffering from tuberculosis and and he was taking the snake oil. It wasn't doing any help for him at all. And uh, uh he decided that his character at one point he, he had suffered some injuries and he was freaking out that he was going to die in his sleep and choke to death on his own vomit oh, oh and my so God. He, he sent me that. Message. He, so, so, so he sent me the me- <laughs> so he sent me the message, and and then the, the other characters. The other Captain characters Gothnog, Cog- everybody, Captain Gothnog, right here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the,
1: the other characters go in to to find him in the morning, and and he, and he and he's laying in bed and having choked to death on his own vomit. Oh man, that's brutal. I, I, I applauded him, you know, fully because that that was one of the best character deaths I'd ever seen. It was, it was brilliant. I, I love killing my own characters, and a lot of people think it's really
0: strange. And it's what's made it really difficult for me in the Provokers game, Matt, yeah. is, you know, uh, a lot of people really like dice. And I yeah. I have never let a character live this long. Hey, people well, like Wash to watch, too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, bro. He at least got, uh. a, he, he got a season, you know?
2: Well, it's funny, too. And I'm going to this is going to be this is a conversation between you and I, yeah. and Barker. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about it here at the podcast where you messaged me a couple of sessions ago and said, hey, I think I don't want DICE to survive uh, to the end of this campaign. And I said, okay, well, you know, we can talk about it and see what we come up with. And then after the session, you go, really quick, you go. He treated go, it
0: like a, a sui- Like I had written a suicide note, and he went to see the counselor. <laughs> like, hey, I really think you need to talk to Barker. Really need to talk to Dice because he doesn't want to live anymore. Just do, sit ne- on
3: the couch. Tell me what you see. <laughs> How does it make you feel? But after what do that you see session, in
2: <laughs> after that session, Barker, you messaged me and you said, uh, "Never mind. I want Dice to live. I want to see what happens." So I think it was funny that you. You went from I don't think I want Dice to live to all of a sudden seeing this opportunity for roleplay and furthering the character, and all of a sudden you're like, oh no, damn it, I want him to live. Actually, it's the first time it's ever happened. And you know what? Yeah, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stroke the back of your neck a little bit, man. Oh jeez. The
0: reason is because <laughs> the end of that last session in in Stone Rift when uh, right anyway when that happened it was like.
2: <sighs> he can't die. He's got to go save his daughter. You know, <laughs> he's got to at least see that through. No, yeah. I, to- I totally get it. But and I want I want to swing back around very briefly and just say that with the the lingering effects that we were discussing, mm-hmm. players take to that. In my experience, players want their characters to have scars. They want them to have. Psychological effects from the things that they've been through. They they don't want their character to come out clean from from dungeons and 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 uh, horror investigations and and you know zeppelin crashes and this sort of thing. They want their characters to have character, and I think that lingering effects as an alternative to death or used in conjunction with death uh, are something that players will, for the most part. Take two.
3: I think there's very much a, an effect of a lack of such things in video games. Yeah, like when you oh, when you see yeah. the the the. Um, character you're playing when they're full health, you know, and they're in the next scene, oh, they look absolutely fine not even a tear on their clothes, that kind of thing Oh
0: god, Diablo, you just run into a a red violence, like bloop 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 you're fine, no problem Back and I, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna jump to the next uh, item on our little uh, hypothetical board here yeah. Resurrection Ew. and resuscitation as in that
3: order. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? The opposite <laughs> order.
0: The resuscitation is worse in my opinion. Because, you know, I love those things. I love resurrection, reincarnation, and resuscitation as plot elements. I love yes. them as ways to propel the game forward. But like you said, Jenny. If someone's playing an RPG, a tabletop RPG, like someone else would play a video game, it's like, oh my God, my best friend just died. It's all good, bro. And he's back. And it's like, what? Okay, no problem. And I mean, imagine, okay, there's a spell in fifth edition where someone could be dead or dying. And and this is something I hate more than resurrection. Someone could be dead or dying and a, a cleric or someone with a spell can put their hands on them and bring them to zero hit points so they're no longer dead or dying and they can
2: be healed. Yeah, Stabilize. Stabilize. Or what is it? Wait, what is it called? I think it's just called Stabilize. I think so. I think think this one called Stabilize. Yeah, that was also in 3.5, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a spell for a few editions now, but yeah, it's kind of a...
3: But, like,
2: imagine
0: if Darth Vader had said, I want to see my son with my own eyes, and Luke said, but you'll die, and he said, but nothing will stop that now, and Luke was like, no, I can (laughs) You're alive. <laughs> what a freaking boner killer of an ending yeah. of a movie. I mean, it, it removes, in my opinion, again, like I talked about at the beginning, the death scene, which is the most beautiful
1: part of fiction. Uh, but see, it, it doesn't necessarily have to, though. Okay. And, and you know, we, we've kind of talked about this in, 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 in our game in that if, if a, if a character is going to die, like, let's, uh, you know, in, in D&D 5th edition, you get your death saves. So once you've made your third one you know you're you're pretty much dead, but you know what we've talked about is is kind of giving the character that last last gasp or you know they wake up for a moment to you know grab someone's shirt and and say you know remember me you know or whatever and 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 so you know you can you can still give the characters those moments i think without necessarily you know well while, while still having access to some of the some of the spells i mean I, 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 did, I generally make things like resurrection particularly very very difficult to get in 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 my games mm-hmm. because uh, i i really don't like the video game you know, uh yeah. effect of uh you know, you died, oh no problem. Just respawn. But, and then you, you and know. then you
0: could go back to being our DPS.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh. oh, that hurt, man.
0: We need our tank, bro. You can't die. You can't just oh. die, bro. It's stop, like stop,
1: no, stop, saying those, <laughs> stop saying those words. When somebody dies, they just blame the healer. You didn't do your job. <laughs> well yeah, exactly. And I, I just think it not, not only does it remove lethality from the game entirely, but it uh it just yeah it just makes it feel way too too much like a video game from for my taste I definitely prefer yeah. things like revivify or or the other because they're they, they just seem a lot more you know you've got a very short time to use them so like revivify you have a minute to use before the person's just gone so right. again it's more like you know
2: CPR or, or whatever well and Barker, I think the you know, talking about the the stabilize spell, I think using something like the the lingering effects is a great way to mm. kind of temper that ability because if you're using stabilize on somebody, it means they're at zero hit points, which means they've been gutted. They've been knocked unconscious, they've fallen down, you know, they've 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 had something happen that is putting them near death. So even if you stabilize them and they get up in a few hours, they are not coming away from that unscathed, and that's why I really like lingering effects like that because that that would that to me would uh would necessitate a lingering effect if you're dropping to zero hit points in any situation interesting okay now do you think that any lingering effect could ever be as
0: powerful as that final like last words death scene
2: you know i i'm gonna use an example of a movie that i watched recently um it's one of my favorite movies i hadn't seen it in a few years but it's uh princess mononoke the hayao miyazaki movie oh Mm -hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. okay so an example from that i've seen movie that movie i've seen he, it i've seen the movie that's barker i am so yes! so happy that you've seen <laughs> it i'm so happy that you've seen it yes oh, that's shame so i'd knocked. like to thank my drama teacher that showed it to me <laughs> <laughs> so this is the, the movie is like 12 years old but this is going to be a spoiler at the end of the movie the character of uh lady eboshi who is uh uh, somewhat of an antagonist in the movie uh, not a not a totally unsympathetic villain but a somewhat of a villain nonetheless uh, loses her arm and um, she loses it really suddenly but in a very kind of poetic way mm. that ties back to something she had said earlier in the film which was you know a, a wolf with its head cut off can still kill you basically which is exactly what happens to her the wolf wolf's head flies at her bites her arm off and the feeling of that scene and the, the line that she says has the same effect as a death scene, because she's going to be changed after that. She's not going to be the same person. It is a, it is a, it is completing an arc for her. Hmm. So I feel like you can have that same, that same weight in a scene like that, even if the character is not dying, even if the character is not going to be there anymore, because something like losing a limb or uh, acquiring a new scar that's going to change the way you look, or um, even just, you know, mental stress, things like that. Your character is hopefully, if you're, if you're role playing well, if you're, if you're immersed in the character, they're going to walk away from that a different person.
1: Well, in, in in the one I just described with the, uh, with the finger, you know, technically he was revived uh, uh, from the brink of death and he had that, that happened to him, and on the ride back to uh, to the city, the the, the characters were, were talking, and and his character is seriously considering retiring from adventuring because I mean, he he's he's one of the last priests of his particular order, or uh, last paladins, I should say, and so if if he's lost you know he knows that it could the, his his order could be done you know done for pretty much and so he's now sort of torn by this uh realizing how <laughs> how close he came to dying he suddenly is, is has been dramatically changed by it and so the char- he's the way the players playing the character is he's kind of questioning whether he should be out adventuring and risking this you know uh, you know risking his life like this
2: it presents almost more of an opportunity, I think, than death. Because if your character is dying, yes, you get that death scene, which is a very, you know, it can be very evocative and very uh, very intense scene. But at the same time, that character's arc is finished. You're done with the character, and they're not necessarily coming back. But with, this, with a scene like that where they go through something traumatic, whether it's, you know, physical or mental, they have to work through that. Their character has to, you know, come out the other side of that different and uh dealing with the consequences like you're saying alex with him you know trying to decide if he wants to continue adventuring because he's putting himself in harm's way and
0: i like the idea
2: of a player
0: deciding that okay this character hasn't died but something has happened to them because of their experience maybe they've lost a limb or they've changed like you said matt their arc has completed Mm. i really like the idea of rolling a new character there you know not just saying oh, I'll roll a new character when this character dies when when this character I, I, I view my characters in terms of arcs when that arc is completed mm-hmm. it's time for someone new right and uh,
2: I like that a lot i I tend to if a character dies I pay my respects to that character I describe their death scene if the, if they have a moment to say a few words I, I say a few words and I give everyone at the table time to sort of cope with the fact that a character that's been in the party is no longer in the party and then i go grab the core book and i start rolling up a new character after you after you cry after like two days after i after i <laughs> yeah after i i, I uh gall- stay in my room a and just of ice cream uh, Yeah, take i just and i work. exactly and i just i just let the mascara run and then i roll up a new character <laughs> calling it to work i just experienced a death I, I can't come in <laughs> Oh no problem. A, no problem. Magic. There's been All a the, death in the party. <laughs> a what? I'm sorry. I, I can't come into work today. <laughs> he was level five. <laughs> his, his whole life <laughs> oh, God. He was too young to die. <laughs> he was too <laughs> low level. He had so much more to give. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I was I was going to go back to resurrection for 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 a second, and um, you know, I was talking about how I like it to be kind of rare. You know, I, I don't want it to be where the, the players just you know drag their their dead friend back to town and throw some gold at a priest and say, uh, hey, hey can, <laughs> hey, can you raise this guy for us? Yeah,
2: sure, give me hey, a sec. Fix
1: it. Yeah, give me a second. <laughs> yeah, Cracks his knuckles. Uh, let's see, let's see what we got here.
2: Uh, <laughs> he's only mostly dead. <laughs> oh jeez, he's oh jeez, he's
1: freaking messed up. Only <laughs> um, <laughs> mostly dead. <laughs> nice. You want? to should add next, You want? A add an extra arm. Um. <laughs>
2: I like this NPC. I want to meet him. <laughs> It is kind of actually. It, it is kinda it's cool. the accent. But-
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 the accent makes it. Uh, one 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 person I heard. I, f- I wish I remembered who said it, but they, the way they describe the resurrection is: is it in order to bring back this life, it requires the 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 loss of other life. So one way I've seen it done is is th- during the resurrection, all this other stuff seems kind of dies in the area, like plants die. You know, there's some animals that die, that sort of thing. It just it kind of sucks the life <laughs> literally out of an area. To, to bring this to bring this person back. Wow! Um, another another idea I heard was it actually requires physical kind of sacrifice, whether it's animal sacrifice or even one of the other characters giving up you know their life or a portion of their life to to bring them back that sort of thing. Mm. So so the the idea of a life for a life is is a, is I think is a, is a great one because again you don't want resurrection to be that. That reset button. And so yeah. having a high cost to it, a high personal cost, not monetary cost, is, is I think, really important to, to help not only maintain the lethality, but the kind of mystery of, of life, that kind of resurrection thing. It's, it's not just a, you're not just playing in a video game. This is a, getting resurrected is a big deal.
0: I like it being a big deal. As I've said before, I, I, I think resurrection and reincarnation are great plot elements. But again, it comes down to the group. You know, everything, every single subject we could talk about comes down to the group. Right.
1: We should just have that as
0: a disclaimer at the beginning. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way. No, I'm serious. Every single answer All opinions are yeah. depend on the group. <laughs> every single answer to all questions RPGs is well, it depends. Yeah, it's true. Uh so I'm gonna send it over to Jenny Green mm-hmm. to to answer <laughs> our uh, audience question. <laughs> all right, this is a, uh, this is a good one. Jenny yes kevin writes my question would be this that's a good start (laughs) if a player has why
3: is that so funny i don't know why
0: it's so funny (laughs) if a player has a character die early on in the session what recommendations do you have to help keep that player's interest for the remainder of the session Uh...
3: so if they die earlier
0: how do you keep them in the Mm. game
3: because
0: they're staring at you they're eating your doritos they're just looking at you being like, Ah, oh, my guy's dead. What do you want me to do? <laughs> what do you do?
3: Well, I suppose, even though I've never had this happen to me or anybody I know before, so I would hope that the DM would take this into account and use at least a good chunk of the session to either mull over what has happened, the story arc kind of rounding off the story arc ending the chapter yada 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 maybe putting some of the more um exciting things they had originally planned for a for another session later on perhaps rather than just kind of say oh well you're dead now but we have this story about so you just sit there and eat those doritos
0: so kind of um i don't know taking the big idea and putting it next week
3: yeah okay basically slowing things down a bit because i suppose when somebody dies as well when when say, somebody in in, uh, in in your life has died, it's almost like things kind of stand still briefly anyway, don't they? Wow. I know, I know it's half past two in the morning. That was deep. I'm going, <laughs> yeah. I'm going very, very deep. deep. Oh my gosh. So it's almost like the world around you has gone still, and you should treat that still... Oh god, where am I going? No, I like that. Stillness with... Uh, treat the stillness as something, as in slowing down the speed of, of the story, and... and grinding the arc to a hole just for a bit so you can really you know uh take take the character's death in your stride before then moving on with saving the princess or whatever you want to do
2: no that's that is dead on that is so right and that is exactly what i think i would do in that situation too is i would let that scene in which that character died just kind of play itself out i would give it you know whatever amount of time uh the rest of the party needed and then I would probably call for a break. I would probably say, "All right, we're going to take a 10 or 15 minute break. Go ahead and use the bathroom, get yourself something to eat. We're going to we're going to, you know, reconvene in about 15 minutes." I'd have the player roll up a new character and then I would take them aside and talk with them about how we're going to integrate that character back into the session so that they don't have to sit there you know, eating Doritos during the, during the rest of the session. So, but I, I do agree. You gotta, you gotta give a character death the reverence it deserves. Don't just say, all right, well, here's the player's handbook, go roll up a new one. Everybody else, let's continue. You know, I think it's important to, to, to take a knee, you know, take a moment.
0: Totally. 10 minute break. What a great way
2: to just reflect and chill. I am, a, I am a huge proponent of the 10-minute break. It is good for all kinds of situations, especially when you're like, oh, they have completely gone off in a different direction. Okay, everybody, 10-minute break. Yeah, I have to, you I know? Have to go <laughs> to the bathroom.
0: It's number two, and I'm going to take my to time. <laughs> some
2: new notes, yeah. I'm bringing my DM notes with me in the bathroom. Don't think nothing of it.
0: <laughs> okay, so it is that time again. I can say it now because it's our second episode for an idea that our listeners can steal. This is where we come up with something tangible that anybody listening can grab, walk away with, and put into their game without worry. And I'll start this off. So, what I have implemented into my game is actually a house rule, which I call the half a hit point. If I say that, okay, this NPC, this enemy, has half a hit point, basically what that means is that this NPC can only take free actions you can interrogate him he can't move he can't fight you he can't uh, uh, if you knock him down but you want to keep him alive i can say as a dm all right well he he or she is at half a hit point you can take him do what you want with them if i say that they're at negative half a hit point that means that this npc is going to die whether it's because of the lethality of this game or the lethality of me as a gm this npc is going to die but at this point, you can have a scene with them in which they impart some last words to you. There's no spell you can cast that will keep them alive. This is just going to happen because it's a plot element. Because I am I'm a big supporter of players driving the game forward. But there is so much power behind Aragorn and Boromir speaking for that last two minutes. My captain, Mm -hmm. my king, there's so much power in Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, looking at his son for the first time and then becoming the force. There's so much power in that. And I want to create that in my stories. That's how I want to put myself into this game and let you as players kind of react to it, play with it. So, my idea that you can steal is the half a hit point, negative half or half a hit point. Just house rule that in, you know, if that's something you want to create a death scene. That that's my that's my
2: part. I like that. It's mm. a really that's good an idea. Yeah. And uh, I I had already had the half a hit point rule in my in my games without even knowing it. So now I have a now I have a name for it. It's a good tool to do uh, to use Instead of just having the oh well you, you killed him go ahead and you know he's 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 dead go ahead and take the experience points you know
1: uh, well here's one that, that uh, again it's 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 a small thing but I like to let players describe their own character's death um, yeah you, you know being being able to describe how it happens and so even if they don't necessarily get you know last words they have the last description so they can they can you know have that dramatic uh, cinematic death. And and they can describe exactly how it happens, you know, even down to you know, they, they they land on their back with the their chest cavity open, and and as their head lolls to the side, they they make their their their, fire, their last glance goes to their companions, and like one tear sort of runs down their cheek, <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> it, it, it's it's not last words, but it's to me that's as, that's as powerful and the equivalent. So uh, let, yeah, let let, let, let the that. player describe their own character's death.
2: In that case I usually give players a lot of agency in that description like if they oh, yeah. want to try and and take whoever's killing them down with them they absolutely can you know if they're if they get stabbed on the edge of a cliff and they want to grab the guy and pull him down with them I, I kind of just let it I kind of just let it yeah, happen nice. you know or if they if they get stabbed and they want to pull the sword deeper into themselves so they can stab the other guy I I let them do it I don't even make them roll for it because I want them to have yep that scene. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you
0: man because it, a character death is the biggest sacrifice that a player can make in a game. That's that's all yeah. they brought to the table is this character yeah. sheet and getting rid of it huge sacrifice. I'm right there with you. Awesome. Awesome. Uh so Matt, do you have one in particular or is that going to be it? Um Come on.
3: I got
2: to think. I got to think.
0: Okay, so uh let's go to Jenny. Uh
3: Mhm. I've been racking my brains. Ooh. Oh. Oh um, you too. Yeah, well <laughs> there's only so many games I've run before. Um let me think. I, I suppose uh one one thing I like to have is to make sure that the dice don't tell the story for me, so if I think that someone has made a fantastic speech or again, uh kill their characters off in a really spellbinding way, I I just completely ignore anything to do with dice. I'd nice. say yep, that's fantastic. That is that is far better than any other way I could have conceived. The dice don't exist for the next twenty minutes, sort of thing. Nice. I I, I don't I don't use dice unless it's really necessary.
0: Dude, Tim Carney from Tabletop Terrors at the last Circelean game. No, not the last one at a uh, at the session two of Circelean. He described the most just the raddest attack that a bard in one of my games has ever made. <laughs> and I did the yeah. same thing. I was like, yeah, yeah, you hit, go ahead and roll damage, whatever. Cause it was just yeah, so cool. Exactly.
2: Yeah. I would agree with that. And, uh, I guess, I guess for my, my idea, I'll just put forward the notion that a character dying, leaving the world with no hope of, of resurrection or coming back doesn't necessarily mean the end of that character's legacy. Um, you know, maybe there's a, maybe someone grabs their sword and, and names it after them, or, um, you know, maybe, uh, they interact with, uh you know the party a few sessions down the line interacts with uh an old acquaintance of that character or even a family member of that character as a non-player character and so you can have you can have that character's death kind of echo throughout the campaign if you want you know like the uh the axe that killed my character krith is it's krith's bane and one of the other characters is carrying it around now uh you know this is the axe that killed our friend i'm going to use it to you know do what he did Mm -hmm. best which was you know Wasting dudes, so uh, I think he'd be proud of that.
0: As as kind of a last note, one thing you might also try is a funeral, yeah. uh, incorporating mm. a funeral to a past character to the characters that are still living. I, I, that's a, a cool plot element, a cool mm-hmm. setting of scenery, just a great way to do stuff. So
2: well, and it, yeah, it provides nice. the rest of the party. Uh just a straight up opportunity to say a few words about the character you know if it's literally a funeral they can their characters can speak uh about the the character that has died and it can it can be a nice little send off to uh you know a character that you've spent a lot of time with so. he was a bastard yeah, definitely. <laughs> Never liked him much, but, you know, he was all right with swords. So. Oh!
3: I'm only here because his brother wanted me to come.
2: All he did was freeze the meat. That's it. That's all he ever did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So happy Friday, gamers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. My name is Barker. My name is Matt. My name is Alex.
3: And my name is Jenny.
0: And make sure to check out Jenny Green, your rogue DM, at youtube.com slash DM. And uh, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, Godspeed. Blah.
3: Blah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2015. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing is wrong. You can find all three of the hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And Barker is at www.beabettergamemaster.com. Listeners are free to use this show in any way shape or form as long as credit is provided to the roll up and die podcast look for other releases of the show at www.beabettergamemaster.com or at facebook.com slash roll up and die have a fantastic day and as always happy gaming